I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode four of the MLS Fantasy Insider, our round two preview. This episode is brought to you by the Oops Aroo, a new substitution tactic by LAFC designed to mess with your fantasy team. Uh, no, no, uh, actually uh, brought to you by weird accents, apparently by me when g giving the brought to you by, uh, but brought to you by the amazing Patreon supporters of MLS Fantasy Insider and MLSFantasyBoss.com. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by our co-hosts, Blaine Riffle and Ashley Savage. How are you all doing tonight? Doing well. Same. Yeah, Ashley with a new look in the background, for those of you who are watching this on YouTube. Jokes on you, it's the same stuff in a different spot. Oh, there it is. Well, Blaine cleaned his office. Ashley just re rearranged things. And uh, if you've seen some of the videos I put out, last week I dropped a, a special video for the switcheroo, and I dropped a little captain's video. I'll put either links down below or up top. I don't know. Uh, we'll, that, again, trying to get better with our technology, but uh, I'm going to try to be doing some of that more on the regular this year. Not the switcheroo videos, because with hope, you've already got that figured out. But the captain's article, I'm going to try to make that a video, just because it, it seems fun. Um, but you'll see, I, I do have a green screen, but I don't use it with this, um, mostly because of how it works with OBS Studio and you all kind of like to see the background sometimes, I guess. I don't know. But uh, thank you so much again, everyone, for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. We're going to be talking about uh, the recap of round one and round two predictions with this. So let's just get started real quick. Everybody in chat, how are you all doing with your teams for round one? And Blaine and Ashley, how did you all do with your team? Blaine. Well, Reed, I'm going to throw one at you you're doing so good with technology you've got ashley and i's name switched on the video oh i do i also YouTube. i also forgot to hit the the record button again so i'm gonna have to i'm not gonna have separate streams uh, but i can oh. just move that around on the youtube chat is all chat's all over it that's all i know well see you're you're in charge of moderating the chat so you got to tell me these things because i'm trying to adjust all these monitors and I'm, things going i'm on. doing my job thank you thank you um yeah, I'm doing my job now, but I didn't do my job last week. Transition um, right there. I like it. Ended up with 51 points. Um, if anybody listened to me on the show last week, um, you probably did better than I did. I had Leal, Mukhtar, and Cadiz in my lineup, along with Valenzuela in the back. And I decided to make some changes because I thought I needed Atuesta, and that ended up dropping Leal and Kinda off my team. Brought in freddie vargas and mora and i think i gave up about 20 points total and ended up killing my team value i think it was about a 2.5 million team value swing from what i told you guys to do on the show compared to what i actually did so if you listen to me congrats you did better than i did and i've learned my lesson i'm going to stick with my gut on this from now on i'm not going to listen to the discord chat those guys are really smart um and I was going to make the switch from Paz to Lewis Morgan if Paz didn't play. That was my that was my choice. But I 
I should have just gone pause to Atuesta, listen to the Discord guys about Atuesta instead of dumping other players. So not a great first week. I can come back from this, but it's going to take a little bit of work now. Actually, how'd you do? Uh, I had 59 points, which I was also pretty frustrated about for a couple of reasons. I didn't make a ton of tinkering, um, but when I saw that Freddie Montero wasn't starting, I did. I kind of overcompensated um, in what I switched around. And then I know your guys' wives don't play, so good others don't play. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of pluses and minuses to playing fantasy with your husband. But one of the things that I do um, that I hate is... I will throw things at him that I'm too scared to do myself just to see if they'll hit. And this week, I think I threw him about 36 points. I threw him Caden Clark. Saw him starting, gave him that good good in. Uh, I gave him, told him to start Rui, but I was too scared to do it. <laughs> uh, Rui Diaz, what else? Uh, I talked him into Higuain. Uh, talked him into Leal over Mukhtar. I mean, I just threw out Blackman, told him to start Blackman for a price rise. Um, his team going into it was good, but, I mean, he beat me opening weekend by, like, 29 points or something ridiculous. So um, I just kind of like Blaine said about trusting your gut. I think I need to kind of take some of those risks on my own team more often, but I, I always enjoy, you know, you see something, but you don't want to mess with your own lineup, and so you say it to the person next to you thinking, hey, if this hits, I'll feel right. But if it doesn't, not my team. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I wasn't too, super excited. I led Reed astray with the Seattle. And no <laughs> so overall this week, I've just really, really brought people down with me or built them up. So, um, yeah, I it wasn't my favorite week for sure. Um, but, hey, at least I got the satisfaction of being right, even if I didn't get the, the points about it, right? True. No, true. That's right. Um, as for myself, actually, I, uh, I'm i just going to quickly throw a goalkeeper into my team right here because I forgot to save it a second ago and completely cleared my team and just finished building it back, but I didn't have a second keeper. Uh, I got 67 points myself last week. As many of you listening to the show, I had Vela captained. And uh, thanks to the oopsaroo by the... I wasn't sure if this was actually Bob Bradley or the coaching staff, um, but Vela got subbed out. We'll talk about that coming up. But uh, like many of you, I had a two-point captain. Um, not all of my switcheroos played out with the back line, like Ashley did say. Uh, I did I did switch out of some of my Seattle. I had, I had Fry and I had um, Smith in for switcheroo right there that I end up going away because I was like, well, Ashley knows about Seattle. So I went I went away from there, didn't didn't turn out. Uh, and then I actually missed that Pines didn't play as well, so I only had two defenders in my team. And uh, you can call me a scrub, you can call me whatever, but when it comes to 8 o'clock, I have a six-month-old, and on that night he decided that it was going to be tantrum time. So I did not see that lineup, and I also didn't see the first two goals by Cincinnati of this year because... I had a cranky six-month-old. But that being said, 67, not horrible. I see a lot of people were in the 60s. I think if you scored anywhere in the 60s this week, that was pretty average, especially with, with Vela not doing well at all. Um, we had a, a 73 in chat. Uh, I think we had a 77. Yeah, Matt and, and Ryan, you guys did fantastic. If you got over 70, you did fantastic this week. Uh, that's that's a great. You probably saw a great price rise. I still saw an increase of 0.6 to my team value. If you got a price rise in this round, 
then that's good. Uh, you're shooting. I, I think you were shooting for around a million um, to be could be kind of safe. But I think if you got any kind of price rise, that was good. I ended. I banked 0.6 even with some minuses. So all in all, an okay start to round one. Spencer got 79 and he banked 1.3 mil. See, there we go. There we go. Congrats, Spencer. Uh, but let's talk about some of the takeaways for fantasy. Uh, a lot of stuff was going on. Yeah, I see a lot of people talking about some value gains and losses in chat. Uh, don't worry. You'll make it back. We're going to help you. You're going to make it back. Uh, here's some of the big takeaways from round one. I have to mention this first. I'll let Ashley touch on it as well. But one of the biggest takeaways, Seattle, Minnesota. I said on Twitter that I had more faith in the Minnesota defense than I did in the Austin defense. Both of them ended up not wouldn't have gotten you some great some great points, but uh, I did not expect what happened in Minnesota or in Seattle to Minnesota uh, with what was going on with the pieces that Seattle was missing and the traditional form that Seattle has. That was amazing. I am still not completely down on Minnesota, uh, but let's just acknowledge Rui Diaz had seven shots. That is a bread and butter stat for for forwards. So that completely contributes to that. And Alex Roldan at five point five as in the offensive way that he's playing a steal a steal but but Ashley do you want to add a couple more things to that yeah I mean there was a lot of uh chatter in Seattle about this new formation I talked about it in my fantasy preview article too what that would look like um and the way that Alex Waldon and then Brad Smith are playing in those wingback positions and then Nuhu is playing as a third center back but if you guys have ever watched Nuhu play he doesn't say center or back um, so those three defenders, I think they're Alex and Nuhu are 5.5, and then Brad Smith, I think, is still at 5, um, are getting some crazy offensive bonus points um, playing in those wingback roles. And then the other standout on the other side was Reynoso got 8 points without a goal or an assist, which is just kind of unheard of, especially with a loss. Um, so those were my big fantasy takeaways from, from that game. And Bruin picked up two bonus points to go with his assist, two for a seven. We're always talking about bonus points at forwards and how they're hard to come by. Um, that's more than Rui Diaz got bonus point-wise. Yeah. Yep. yeah, assists are great, but it's it's passing. That is that is what, if you have a forward who is not scoring, I mean, that's what you want. You want you want forwards to score and forwards to shoot. And if they're not doing those things, they have to pass or your forwards aren't going to get any points. So that's that's basically how that how that breaks down. I shared shared a graphic that's still near the top of my shares on Twitter on MLS Fantasy Boss uh, that, that Ryan from MLS Fantasy Stats created last year that talks about some of the particular um, statistically significant stats that contribute to point generation per position, and, and it's still good, it, and I, I've had those posted in the past as well. Ryan has some good numbers for them, uh, much more broken down, so check that out. Uh, it, it holds true for a quick if you got what the way he phrased it if you have to make a quick decision here's a stat to look at and it holds it holds 100 percent true over the season uh also want to highlight real quick uh, impressed by the montreal attack i know everybody pretty much had them at the bottom of the barrel uh, they came out swinging i don't know how much of this we can contribute to toronto to ccl carryover not their strongest team uh but it was it was just a goal fest for Montreal. So credit to you all for where credit is due. Kyoto did great. Only had a couple of shots, so maybe not quite the production you're looking for. Uh, Mihailovic in as the attacking midfielder. 
amazing right there. Uh, three key passes, three shots, exactly the kind of thing you're looking for for your number 10. Uh, and then Toy also had three shots, so he, he outshot Kyoto up there on top. Um, but some good numbers right there for Montreal, so there's three names right there real quick. Mason Toy is, a, is budget, isn't he? I mean, yeah. I think he's, yeah, he's yeah. sub-six. I think it's what we're looking at. So a great little spot there. Uh, we all may end up venturing mentioning this. It was in the the brought to you by Vela the Oopsaru. That was crazy. Don't expect that to happen this week. I expect him to still play. He is not injured. Vela is not <laughs> injured as we all kind of feared. But that is classic. Hashtag because MLS. Um, have to talk about my guys. I got my my kit right before it all started. Uh, Cincinnati. I missed the goals live. Saw the replays, but um, exactly what we want to see. From a goal-scoring point of view, however, fantasy-wise, keep in mind, Cincinnati was still held to seven shots, and they allowed 31 shots from Nashville during that game. That is the most... They may not have been the fewest shots, but that was the most shots allowed. I don't have on, on target, but that was just straight-up shots right there. Uh, but Acosta and Brenner do seem like they're they're jiving. Um, Monteria came in there as well and helped with the assist on the Acosta goal. So some good pieces there. You may have opportunities with Cincinnati under the right situations. And that's like my step up from hot garbage is like under the right situation. So so there's for Cincinnati. Uh, and I have to say, I was just surprised uh, about the Philadelphia and Columbus shutout. Uh, I think we expected more from Columbus for sure. Philadelphia could have easily upset a Columbus defense fantasy-wise, but they both ended up getting shut out. So I have a fantasy question mark around there because, again, how much did CCL factor into this for both teams? And what can I rely on going forward with that consistency, especially on defense? And what can I just throw away for consistency, bad consistency on the offense? So those are some fantasy takeaways for me. Blaine, what about you? Yeah, um, big win on the injury front. Blanco was not on the bench. I know Portland has kind of teased his return sooner rather than later. But until I see him on the bench, he's just a, a rule him out. Um, that'll probably kind of be a weekly watch type of thing. But keep an eye on him being on the bench. I think as soon as he gets on the bench, you can expect rotation and him to get a few minutes at the end of a game. That'll eat into some of the points of another forward. Uh, it could be Yimmy coming off if they make a CCL run. Could be Williamson coming out. Just kind of keep an eye on that. Um, Houston surprised me. They looked pretty good going in there, and that was without Quintero. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with this formation as Quintero comes in. Arudi looked pretty good. I mean, the whole front line did. Uh, but the guy who really stood out to me, and I go a little homer here, is uh, Pasher. Uh, came out of the Kansas City Academy, so he was playing forward, backwards, and all over the place at four million he got he had a decent game got an assist for a four million player getting i think he got six points this week that's a good return for paying nothing um he got your price rise and he stashed him as well he's a guy that if he's going to keep playing like that he's going to massively increase in value over the next little bit um game i was really invested in um, saw two things we kind of expected, um, but it's nice to highlight them. Uh, Caden Clark came out with another Galazzo. Uh, just the kid is scoring like crazy when he's playing. Uh, that's the only reason they were there is he put up a nasty shot that was just undefensible. Um, other than that, Kansas City's defense looked really, really good. They they were getting in front of everything. It was a deflected ball off of one of our, our center back's head that landed on a foot and got looped over. Other than that, it was 
it was a shutdown defense kind of like we expect. I mean, New York got their shots. That's not unheard of for Kansas City to give up shots. But they look good. The new center back was running. Uh, Fontas got the start over Funchets, which was kind of a surprise there. But that defense looks so much better this year. And if they can hold that up, it's going to be a good season for them. A big one that I talked about last week, Lille was better than Mukhtar. And with the value. Um, I love the way Mukhtar plays. He is their consistent number 10. But he gets a lot of the attention. And Lille is just allowed to float. And he he tends to find his, his space and make something happen. Uh, love seeing that this week. And he could be the better value option. And he, I don't know, just last season too, he seemed to be kind of become the fantasy first choice out of that midfield. So watch that. The values, the money is with Mukhtar, but I think Leal's going to be the better value going forward for a while, especially as you watch that team go. Uh, Lewis Morgan, we talked about him a lot last week. I know he was all over Discord. Um, three points. Not a great showing for all the offense they had. He's supposed to be on set pieces, but that didn't translate to points this week. Uh, Iguain took the penalty. That's to be expected, but um, I want to see more from Morgan before I bring him back in. That's a team value hit that you're going to suffer for a while. And then I know chat's been on it. I think Ryan's mentioned it. Uh, Stojanovic got a goal and an assist for Chicago, and I think he started around the 5.56 mark. Uh, cheap player. They brought him in last season, and he got injured. Um, supposed to be one of those young, not quite a DP caliber players, just young guy looking to prove himself here and get some playing time. He he had a monster game, went toe-to-toe with Barrage for points. Uh, could be a really cheap option, and given his score, he's going to be a team value split pick for a while. And those are mine. Ashley, what do you have? Uh, my first one I'm going to ask you before I give my own is the keeper situation. What's going on with SKC's keeper situation for this week? Um, everybody's talking about it going back to Pulse Camp again. He okay. looked good. Amelia uh, as of last week was listed as two to four weeks right. undisclosed injury but two to four weeks I would say. McIntosh had a face injury which don't know quite what that means. That could be really good or really really bad. Um, he was listed as a quicker return, so I think it was more minor. But with the way Pulse Camp played, I don't know that they'll go away from him on this one. Yeah. He was a young kid that we kept around and let Zendejas go, who was more proven. Um, so kind of uh, up in the air, but everybody's expecting Pulse Camp to be there. Yeah, because, you know, that was kind of a crazy thing that broke on Twitter the day before, wasn't it, the game? Yeah. The- all of the the starting keepers were out except for the third string or fourth string yeah three three of the four keepers and it's up in the air on who the third and fourth string are i I mean isn't it always so yeah but i mean you know he he got a good amount of points for not keeping a shutout and he's 4.2 million so that um was a kind of a takeaway for me from that game for sure um and then chicharito's back i don't know if you can say he's back because i don't feel like he ever really got here um but, you know, I Spencer and I watched that game, um, and I think his fantasy points show what Chicharito kind of is, and it's just a goal score. Um, you know, he got two goals, and so he only had 12 points. Well, only. He had 12 points. Um, but, you know, listening to his interview, listening to them talk, that formation change they made when they subbed Zubak in, 
Um, he's someone I'm definitely paying attention to. We we briefly touched on this last week, I think when, when Ben was on, where I said I've, I've watched him for a really long time because I grew up, my dad's a Manchester United fan. Um, but he's never had two bad seasons in a row. And so um, I expected him to, to do better this year, but he really came out in that game with a fire under him. So um, I'm paying attention to him this week as they go back to L.A. Um, Canadian team chaos was a big takeaway for me. I think more so than the Seattle game, maybe because I, I optimistically in the back of my head thought Seattle would do okay and they did awesome. Um, but I know Toronto was hurt and they had CCL, but man, if you watch that game too, they just got manhandled and it showed in fantasy. Um, and then the Whitecaps taking out Portland. Um, Cavallini looked so good. Um, all over the field, holding the ball up, going to get the ball, helping out in the midfield. Um, a lot of players on, on Vancouver, you know, cash out in fantasy this week, and I don't even know who they are. Um, I don't anticipate that necessarily to be a week weekly thing, um, but it's definitely something for fantasy to scroll through defender points, midfield points, and see Montreal, Vancouver, all over the place was definitely uh, a takeaway. Um, and then, w- again, watching that Miami game, Pizarro looked like he was just pulling the strings there. And, and he's not taking free kicks like Blaine said, Morgan is. Um, and he doesn't take corners, but he's getting so many touches, so many passes, so many fouls, um, you know, and he's he's contributing a lot. He had a second assist, could have had a couple assists um, that the goals just didn't go in. So um, I'm paying attention to him if I'm paying attention to Miami. I, I don't want to say fade Morgan right away because we watched him last year his fantasy production was great but um i'm paying attention to pizarro for sure after this yeah, week one. definitely uh, and before we move on i just want to give a shout out at this point to ryan walker who is with us in in live chat right now ryan is uh doing some stuff for his uh soccer down south uh or soccer down here sorry soccer down here fantasy league uh, from a podcast down there down that community and uh, he made a little little bit of fantasy tidbits for, for that community there, and he shared that with me, and so I want to give a shout-out uh, to Ryan. He was talking about Caden Clark at New York Red Bull, midfielder 4.5 who had nine points last week. Uh, Hines over at, at D.C. United uh, came in with Burnbaum out, 5 million, uh, 12 points last week. Uh, Robbie Robinson over at Miami, 4.09 points forward over there. Uh, and then also... And, and Ryan, you may have thought that I was going to butcher this name, but I, I think I'm okay. But uh, Luka Stojanovic is a 4.5 Chicago player, 10 million in the midfield, uh, as he was saying. He uh, kind of got cut short with COVID last year and had some injuries that, that didn't let him feature with Chicago until now. And so he's four more players right there to keep an eye on, courtesy of Ryan. So thank you so much for that, Ryan, to contribute to this section of our show. All right. Well, that's what we have for the first segment. I hope you guys, if you did get to see all these games, that this gave you some information to build off of for round two. We're going to go into our housekeeping right now. So first I want to say congratulations to everyone who is currently in the lead in one of the MLS Fantasy Boss network of leads of leagues. I don't usually highlight the, the winners or the leaders right now because so many people are tied with, with one game, especially in, in the head-to-heads or, or some similar points with the... Uh, uh, standard the classic leagues that we have but congrats if you're winning it right now enjoy it congratulations you did fantastic um for everybody else it's long lots of the season left it's a long season 26 more rounds 
Okay, for round two, though, that's what we're focusing on tonight. The kickoff starts on Friday, April 23rd at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So be sure to uh, have at least your Sporting Kansas City and Orlando players set if uh, you're going to be using any of them because that's the game that's going to lock around that time. As for double game weeks, we have none. There are no double game weeks in round two. But we do have a team on a bye, and that is the Columbus Crew. And they they are the team you're going to want to go to if you are looking for switcheroo bait this week for those 4.0 scrubs. They have at least three. They have one defender, uh, one midfielder, one forward. I think they also have a keeper. So I think you can get at least four players, one for each position. If you need to double up, uh, like if you want to get two scrubs for your defense, I'd recommend looking at Orlando. Uh, they have a 4.0 player playing as Kansas City. 4.0 defender? I think so. Uh, but I'd recommend looking at one of those two teams for a 4.0 player who's likely not going to play simply because they lock at the beginning of the round. You'll easily be able to see uh, if they're going to be on the field or not. You And you can manipulate your switcheroo from there. So Columbus first and then look at Orlando or Sporting Kansas City. All right, let's get into our injuries, suspensions, and call-ups and set-piece takers. I don't know if we'll get into that, but that's an article that's coming soon from Blaine, but this is yours. Let's let's hear it. Yeah, um, so huge shout-out to the Discord community. We've got some stuff working on. Uh, we started set-piece takers, and it's ended up being suspension, international duty, and injuries all together. Set-piece takers will be coming out later. We'll give you all the insights on who to pick up for those. Uh, Suspension-wise, I think the only red card of the week went to Dewan Jones with uh, Revolution. Uh, picked up one there. I'm going to go ahead and throw out a disco or yeah, disco alert. Um, trophies, Javier Lopez in-game. We should probably do an article on different names, too, because you see different things on TV than what you see in the fantasy game. Um, he took a foul and then kicked out pretty hard at one of the opponents. Um, TV was all over it. I could see Disco coming in. He didn't make contact, but attempting to strike an opponent is a red card worthy offense. Um, I could see them coming down with the hammer on this one early, just giving him the one game since he missed the red. Just keep an eye on that. Uh, not that anybody's really looking at San Jose players right now after the way they played, but if you are, that is one to keep an eye on. And then we've kind of gone down the list, and if you know more, hit me up on Twitter, and I'll give I'll give you more. Molino's still out for Columbus, but they're on a bye. Um, Abubakar and Vines were both out on the defense for uh, Colorado. Um, I'm hearing it was closer to game time decisions, uh, minor injuries that kept them out of game week one. I would expect both of them to be back sooner rather than later, um, but keep an eye on those. That is a defense you may want to be going after. Um, picked it up last week. Uh, Ola Kamara and Jordi Reyna are, were missing time. Kamara's return is, I still haven't heard much on that, but Reyna had a grade three hamstring. So out for the foreseeable future. And then Pines was another, um, got it listed as a heel injury, um, 4.5 defender. So he should be returning this week. Uh, all indications are he is coming back. Um, LAFC Rossi missed with a hamstring injury. Um, no timetable, but they're saying it's minor. Um, don't know, given the way Baird and Muscovy played, he may get a little bit of extra rest. And just as a precaution, uh, Bella had a knee injury in the game. Apparently he signaled for a sub right away. 
And then when the trainer got to him, he felt he was ready to go in, but Bradley had seen the sub sign. So knee injury, if he's ready to go back in, I'm going to assume he's going to be healthy for game week two. But extra checks on that may show something different. Minnesota got absolutely shelled uh, in part because DeBassi was out with a hamstring strain. Um, he is one of their starting center backs, and Coleman looked terrible. Um, update on the revolution. Apparently a guy that I don't know named Maciel is supposed to be the starter. Um, he's playing. He's supposed to play alongside Polster. That's Tommy McNamara's starting spot right now. So McNamara is not a, a full-time starter, so keep an eye on that. Uh, Pato for Orlando, uh, lower uh, leg injury, possibly knee or ACL. Don't know how bad, assuming the worst on this one, because I have not heard anything positive coming out of Orlando yet. Um, I think Pato may be done for a while. They tweeted um, today that he had scans and that it's nothing serious, but there's no return date yet. No okay. timetable given. Yeah, no yeah. timetable. Um, obviously, Portland's missing their three attackers again from last week in Blanco, Abobasi, and Nizgoda. Um, add uh, Steve Clark to that list of lower leg injury. He came out on a sweeper play and injured himself. Uh, no timetable yet, but that didn't look good. Um, Ladero, I could see being hit or miss again this week. Probably a no-go, but yeah, there's that. Tommy Thompson dislocated his shoulder for San Jose about four minutes into the game. Tried to grab a guy by the shoulder and prevent him from jumping and got his shoulder popped out. Yeah, um, not a good one there. We we discussed the Kansas City keeper injury. Pulse camp's likely to go. Um, a few updates on Toronto. Um, Pazuelo is still probably week to week. Watch the lineups for that. The other guys, I have not heard anything positive, and Josie, Endo, or Io, and those are their primary attackers. And then Mavinga was also held out for that game, and I'm hearing it's a little more serious than just a week-to-week -week type of thing. And then, obviously, the same three for Vancouver we had last week, of uh, Godoy, Cornelius, and Anand. None of them made the bench for Vancouver this week. That is three defenders out. Um, they did hold down Portland without those three, so who knows, but that could be CCL hangover too. I won't read too much into that. I would still kind of bet against the Vancouver defense missing those three guys, but they looked they looked serviceable without them. And that's what I have for the injuries as of now. Did you mention Pereira? I know Isaac said that in chat that he's going to miss again due to suspension. No. Pereira for Orlando. We'll add that Orlando. one on there. Okay. Yep. Right there. All right, well, thank you so much, Blaine, for going through that. Very comprehensive. Uh, Blaine has taken over that mantle from Mike this year. And also, Blaine has been working with our wonderful Discord community, uh, Discord chat, to get that list of set-piece takers, which we're going to be posting over at MLS Fantasy Boss, uh, likely this week. We're, I think that's our goal, isn't it, Blaine? Uh, I don't know. We're still trying to gather data. Okay. Um, it's really hard when people are out because I can tell you Johnny Russell takes most of the left-handed or the left-side corner. Or when so, you take right side corners, left foot taker, Remy Walter picked that up in his absence. But if Walter's playing well, they may want Russell in the box. So we've got a lot of question marks on who's going to take him. Usually so, we want three to four weeks worth of data before we go with that. It'll be a living document. But it is, is a living document. At. If you want access to the document, it's going to be shared on Discord. So this is the plug. Go join Discord. Get access to our private resources. There we go. 
All right, let's move on to what I know everybody has come here for. These are our fantasy picks. Uh, guys, before we get started, uh, just what is the one game that you are most looking forward to for fantasy potential going into this round, Ashley? So it pains me to say it, and I watched them just be bad, but Portland at home with fans again and the Timbers Army hosting Houston is a game that I'm actively paying attention to. I hate the time slot. We've talked about this before. I hate a, a night game on the on the tail end of most of the, the games. Um, and they did not look good in, in at altitude playing at home for Vancouver in, in Utah. But um, I like Portland at home with their fans. I think we saw how that helped Seattle. Um, and I know that they're injured just like, just like the Sounders were last week. But um, I'm paying attention to the Timbers this week for sure in front of their fans again, you know, for the first time in a while. For me, uh, for sheer volume of fantasy points, it's got to be LAFC hosting the Sounders. I think this is two teams that have suspect defenses and really, really powerful attacks coming in. Uh, this could easily be one of those 3-3-4-4 goal fests that we've seen in MLS in years past, which means they're probably going to lock it down. It's going to be one of those 1-0 games. It's boring to watch. But for sheer potential, if Vela is back and he goes off and Rui Diaz and JP do their thing, we could be looking at upwards of 60, 70 points from the stars going into the fantasy week. Yeah, for me, uh, this is a tough one. There's a couple of games that I'm keeping an eye on, uh, but I think one of them that I'm most interested in from a fantasy point of view uh, is probably Minnesota versus Real Salt Lake. We didn't see RSL last week, so we don't know really what's going on, but they're definitely in turmoil, and a lot of people are predicting a poor performance from them. And like Ashley said, when someone like Reynoso can get eight points out of a zero-point game, that, that could be crazy at home home is a great place to be for fantasy points so that's that's one that i am looking at for sure uh and just a shout out again to our our youtube chat right here isaac mentioned uh, if you're looking at these ccl teams portland toronto atlanta philadelphia columbus they're all playing again on tuesday and wednesday so watch out for rotations we saw some of that this week it definitely impacted i think the columbus philadelphia game so just be mindful of that when you're looking at these players watch out for the lineups before we get into that Okay, let's move on to keepers and defenders slash clean sheets. Uh, we can do we can do that and see. Uh, so uh, let's start that out. Blaine, what do you got? Yeah, um, honestly, not sure where to go this week. Um, I'm playing a little bit more of a value game than I am going to be look, hunting for clean sheets. But I do like uh, Dallas, even though they're on the road. I like Dallas at San Jose. I did not like what I saw from San Jose, and I think this Dallas team has gelled faster than I thought they would on just for all the turnover. Um, no Ziegler I thought was going to be a problem. So I've got Maurer and Hollingshead in there. Uh, Maurer is actually my second keeper. I'm going to stick Pulse Camp on the bench as a keeper. Again, that's a value game type of thing. He's 4.2, decent average. If Pato's out, who knows what Orlando's attack's going to look like. It's just... If I get a clean sheet, I can keep him in there, take my points, and go. If I don't get the clean sheet, I mean, if I can pick up another four points, that's bonus point or that's price rise again. He really can't go down from here, so it's a safe option. Um, 
And then I'm looking at Colorado's defense against Austin. I think that there could be some points there. And then, I don't know, Toronto just doesn't have it. I'm going to go with Gutierrez from Vancouver as well. Um, he got a 13 in the first round at $5 million. He is guaranteed a big price rise, even with a halfway decent score. I think he would have to get a red card, and they would have to give up three or four, goal, or four goals for him to really even be flirting with potentially losing value. So I'm going to run with that. Plus, I, I don't think that's a bad shout if he starts against, against Toronto. So I'm kind of looking at those teams, but I'm looking at guys that have a higher average already. My two Colorado guys are seven and an eight average in Wilson and Trusty. It's just if you've got a better average and it's an average higher than your value, your, your, your price is going to rise at the end of the week. And I didn't have a good first week, so I'm looking to make up some of that team value. So I'm willing to sacrifice a few points right now to do that. But I think I've found some good matchups that I can make that work in. All right, Ashley. Uh, I'm looking at Brandon Bay from New England. I always just get drawn to these wingbacks. Um, it's a sickness, really. But he didn't produce very well week one on the road. But at home against D.C., I, I, I kind of like New England there. Um I'm also paying attention to Walks and Lennon for Atlanta, um, and then Kai Wagner, depending on how they rotate for CCL. Um, you know, if for me, even if they're playing, if the teams are rotating, it's probably something I'd shy away from. Um, I also like Dallas defense. I haven't settled down. Um, I am picking up for my switcher keeper, that, that SKC kid, because I just love a budget. I don't know what it is. No, no matter where it is, I love a good budget option. So, um, I'm looking at him on my bench, and then I watched it, so you'd think I'd shy away from it, but I am going to go back to Metonier from Minnesota. I just kind of like that Minnesota matchup, like Reed said. Um, their center backs looked like hot garbage, uh, but we all know how well he can produce on that wing. So uh, depending on that lineup and, and, and all those things, I think I'm going to give him a shot either on my bench or starting for sure. Yeah, uh, I agree. I see it's being mentioned in chat, and I agree with you all. Uh, I, I think if you're going to go with a keeper this year, this this week, you should. Everyone should go with a keeper this week. It's literally point two to make it work. Um, Pulls camp from Sporting Kansas City. You're going to find it out on Friday, and if he gets a clean sheet, I don't know. I mean, Orlando's got potential, and so I don't. I don't know if that draw with Atlanta that there's a lot to that game. That's that's a rivalry right there. There's a lot to that game. Uh, but if it happens again. Who knows? Uh, it's He's 4.2. I think he's a must-have just from a switcheroo point of view right there. Uh, otherwise, I'm looking at St. Clair. I think that's probably going to be the standard setup this week. If you don't want to do that, if you need that point too, because I know some people are going to be in that situation, just just throw a 4.0 guy in there. You, Keeperoo is incredibly helpful, but not necessary. The The difference between a lot of points with keepers at the end of the year is usually pretty small between the top three and the top top five or so. Uh, so you can easily get by. Just pick a home guy with a good chance. That's one of the, the most essential things for a keeper. They get good recoveries. That also helps. Uh, on the defense, I'm going real budget with the defense because there's some attacking players that I, I like. So I was trying to find a lot of those 5.0 guys. Uh, and, there's, and there's lots of them that are out there. Uh, Wilson over at Colorado, uh, Nelson over at Dallas. These are all guys who played last week, so just keep an eye on them, these cheaper guys, and see what happens. Uh, I'm still on Romney if you're looking for something cheap over in, in Nashville just to see if Montreal can repeat 
what they did against Toronto. Uh, he's 5.3. Um, I've seen people talk about, about Lovitz and chat. Yeah, he's definitely the guy with those crosses and key passes that he was getting. That's going to turn into points. Uh, but lots of times this is just straight up clean sheet hunting right here for, for those players. Um, but yeah, you guys have touched on a lot of them already. Uh, this as uh, I see people talking about Tinnerholm and some of the more expensive guys. Hollingshead is one of the more expensive guys. Um, I can understand Tinnerholm with with Cincinnati. It's it's just I feel like I would rather drop some of that money on the attacking players and not necessarily the defense. I mean, you're hoping for that double, maybe get an assist, maybe get a get a clean sheet. I get it. I totally get it. Um, but I tend to I tend to prefer a little bit more budget in the back. But I do like those wingers when I can go and get them like like Smith, uh, like last week. Reed, the question for the Tinnerholm fans out there is. Are you taking him because he's playing Cincinnati, or are you taking him for the offensive production? I'm. I didn't watch you that. This... But yeah, I was just gonna say he had an assist last week, so he's he produced right offensively. He had an assist on the on the Tati goal. Yeah, um, he got an assist, but no bonus points. Right. So. Sure. I mean, he ended up with a total of five. He got 90 minutes plus an assist. Or no, or no, this doesn't have him on an assist. This has him, sorry, the game has him on one defensive bonus and two other points. Uh, I don't know what his other two points were. Was it a penalty earned? Um, I just, it, it gets me because, no, he did have an assist. He lost points for goals allowed, and he picked up a yellow. That's what it is. I'm trying to read the truncated stats. I mean, he... He got a couple of bonus points. It's just, I, I like him, but are you picking him because of who he's playing? Or are you picking him because he's got the offensive potential? And do you think that holds up? I just, I don't know. I know a lot of people go back and forth on Tinnerholm with that. And for his price and that game, I just, I don't know. I I tend to believe what I saw from since he can be replicated week in and week out. Lucho and Brenner were on the same page to start the season. So I, I shy away from Tinnerholm because of that. I totally understand why people would want to go there. It, it kind of comes down for me: Do I want to spend money on on Tinnerholm, or do I want to spend money on Castellanos? If, is that is that where I want to put the money? And maybe it's Tinnerholm if you're looking at uh, different people up top. So I totally get this one. Again, for me, I tend to like the budget keepers, and I go heavy in the midfield with hacking midfielders. I don't like that for New York City FC, uh, but Tinnerholm would definitely be one of the first players I would pick up from NYC FC. If I went that way, if I do go that way, maybe you guys will will convince me again. I got one point six million, so I am working on a little bit of a budget compared to some other people. Let's move on to go ahead and get to midfield. Oh, sorry, no, sorry. No, you're okay. I was just gonna say my last thing about it. I have a friend who always says there's more points to lose in defense in MLS fantasy. So true. Than there is to gain in midfield. That's just it. Just kind of sticks with me sometimes when these guys are so expensive with no production yet. Um, but hey, however you want to spend your money, you spend your money. But that, yeah. I kind of agree with Reed. I, at least this yeah. early, I don't I don't like to until I see what. I mean, I like him. I, I like Tinner Holm. He had great production last week, uh, or last year he had great production. And, and this he's one of my favorite offensive midfielders there because of some consistency that he has. And he was a player who I sort of fought for with his initial pricing at the beginning of the year based on 
some of his consistency. Uh, he was he was a top he's a top defender for a reason. So I I am not faulting anybody who wants to go down that way. Currently, I don't have him, but that does not mean I won't have him by Friday. Um, Reed, before we move to mids, um, Andrew to, Andrew and Isaac in chat both said it's because of the matchup, the way it plays. It's there's plenty of attacking and defensive bonus points to be had or the way Tinnerholm plays in this matchup. So that's interesting to note. Um, Sam asked, didn't Tinnerholm have a 20-plus week against Cincy last year? Um, I think he may have had one of those monster games against you guys. Those aren't uh, things I remember nor appreciate being brought up. Yeah, and so, <laughs> so chat, chat's coming through for us because it's, a, it's an interesting conversation to have. Pick him up. Prove us wrong, right? All right, let's go over to midfielders. Uh, Ashley, why don't you kick this one off? Uh, I have a couple. We said Reynoso. I, that was like the first person I thought in my team this week um, after the points he picked up. I mean, I was at the game with my toddler, so I wasn't as attentive as I would have liked, but I was at the game. I didn't see all the production on the field that I saw reflect in fantasy, so to me, that's even more of a reason to pick him up. Um, I love... Uh, Carlos Heal this week from New England. Um, that's someone that was also one of the first in my team. Uh, I'm paying attention to Valeri and Yumi Chara. Um, like we said earlier with, with CCL rotation um, and the beatdown that they took this weekend. I don't know what the Portland lineup is going to look like. I anticipate from someone who watches them and plays them a lot um, that they're going to put the, the first string out there for the fans in that home game. Um, but you never know with Cerevisi and how he rotates. And then I'm also considering Leal. I did exactly what Blaine did last week. I had money, so I upgraded to Mukhtar, and then I regretted it like crazy. Um, so I, I think I want to put him back in my in my team this week just to see what Montreal looks like, um, see how he works you know, at home again for Nashville. Um, but those are the, the main players that, that I'm looking at right now. Blaine. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in a similar boat. Like, uh, Heal, Reynoso, Leal are top of my list. I think we could go on and on all week about those guys, and I they've proven themselves. Um, so I go with a, I'll go with a couple different names here. Jack Price is getting a lot of love around the Discord community. A um, little bit pricey, but, I mean, he got a seven that's replicable for his, his play. He's going to be one of those guys that can easily get you a steady floor with a little bit more upside. And right now we're looking for value gain too. I think he's primed for another value gain. Um, big guy, big one I'm high on, and I, I know I'm going road here, but it's Lucas Dojanovic again. Um, I drafted him in the 2020 season, knowing what he could do and he didn't play. And I think we saw it in the first game and he's 5 million with a 10 average. He is going to go up in price. I don't trust the Atlanta defense. I know there are people who do. I just, I don't see it all the time. And Stojanovic is one of those guys that I think is primed for a really, really good week. And at 5 million, he's one of your switch, uh, one of your key switcheroo options as well. You can stash him on the bench. And for that reason, I'm also bringing up Tyler Pasher again. He got six in the first game, 4.4. Um, just another name. If you, there's money to be spent here. Heel and Reynoso are going to cost you quite a bit, so you're going to be filling in with some cheaper options. And so I really like these two. And to go with them, right now I have slotted in uh, Tejan Buchanan. 
He's gotten a lot of press for being a Euro transfer target. Um, 5.9 now, um, got a 7 in the first game. Just another one of those cheap options that could really make something happen for your team for not a lot of money and help you afford some of these more expensive guys. Because I think we, I think we've identified the big names that we need to be on. It's just finding out which ones are going to have a good week and which ones you can fit in and when you're going to have to take a budget cut. And there are some really, really good budget options out there for you. And I know it's going to be brought up. I know it's going to be talked about. People like the, the way sporting played. Kinda got, took the penalty and got the goal for eight points. Busio started as a false nine, but when, when they brought on Russell and Polito, Busio moved back, and he looked so much more creative. Busio for 6.8 has probably got a little bit more potential if Russell and Polito start. Um, I, I like the way the team played. I like how much of the ball they had. I think that translates well to fantasy points, and I think Busio will have the better game if Russell and Polito start. And so I've seen chat talk about Kinda a little bit. I'm Team Busio, regular game. If the other two guys start, just because I think there's points to be had there and there's some value to be had there too. So just throw out a few other options because Ashley stole about half my picks. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't steal it. You can have them too. That's right. We can all share. Uh, I'm going to make a quick comment right now. Eric from chat uh, asked this question. I've seen it a couple times around, so I just want to address it now. Maybe should have done it earlier. Maybe I'll make a separate video about this. Uh, he was asking, should we be focusing on value gains or points? Uh, both are, le are legitimate <laughs> strategies. Some people will say, if you pick the good players, you'll also get the points. I find that a fairly unsatisfying response because it's like, yeah, of course, if I pick the best players, I'm going to win the game. What's, what's so hard about this thing? Um, it, it just depends on your style. The way the season is set up, where we have these four little mini leagues to get into the Champions League, you can easily spend this first round just trying to get bonus points. You're looking for those low-cost guys who could potentially have a big game to maximize your value gain. Um, but there is some truth to that statement that if you're just trying to build your best team and look for good value where you can earn some big jumps and maybe some consistent returns of the players that maybe they're not going to give you a 0.5 maybe you'll just get a 0.1 0.2 but that's still something you can build on get a bunch of those and, you, and you're going up uh, i think that that also is viable personally i think you need to consider value this is this is my halfway answer you need to consider building your value because it's really important to start earning some of this money to try to get as close to a million a week you can for these first few rounds because players will become more expensive uh, you'll see it right here. I mean, Vela went down because of what happened, but other players jumped up that full 0.5, and it adds up as you want to build the ideal team, and it's not uncommon to be 0.2, 0.3 away from where you want. As you get maybe closer to the 120s as we get near the end of the season, it might not be as hard. Uh, but, but I do think value building is important at the season, but do not sacrifice team production just to try to get those those big gains. Uh, Eric, I hope that was a satisfactory answer to that. Um, I want to channel some of Mike's comments from last year and some of what I've noticed, too. Um, and for Eric, for a good example of this early season, Bella, Mukhtar, and um, and Morgan all lost value this week. Those were three guys that were consensus good picks for last week. Um, I talked about it last week a little bit that I was – mostly avoiding premium players to start the season 
the point floor you need to get to maintain your value is dependent on your player price. Vela at 10.5 to start the season needs more than a single point to go to maintain his value. He needs closer to six or seven for a game to just get a get a flat chain. He needs nine, ten to get a price right. Um, this is where we see a guy like Polskamp who only got four points, but he went up point two because his starting price was a four. He met his value in points. I always kind of look at it as a, as a kind of a one to one. If you meet your player value with points, you're probably going to maintain. If you exceed it by a lot, you're going to go up a whole lot more. If you miss your your player cost, your player value in points, you're looking at a decrease. Like that's just kind of the rough estimate I've done. So when you're picking your teams early in the season, you need to look at their potential production versus their price. Carlos Heel got a point four rise last week. He got nine points at a nine point five starting. He didn't get the full point five, but he went up. Other guys that had decent weeks got a little bit of a price rise. Um was it Reynoso, I think, got a point three or maybe a point four? He didn't get the full point five either, even though he got eight points. He's higher, but then you see a midfielder who started at a four point five. He got seven, eight points. He got the full point five. So you kind of have to know that part of the system. And that's why I wanted to bring that up is you can play both games at once. You just need to be very particular on which premium players you get. And this does take into account weighted averages, which we're going to talk about in the forward section, or I am at least. But weighted averages where it takes your last three games and your last five game scores. And at the beginning of the season, they're pre-filled. But short general rule of thumb is if you're not going to score your points, your value in points, you're looking at a price decrease. So you need to be very, very careful on who you take depending on what their potential production is. And you can play both games at once. You just have to be very choosy on which premium players you want to risk it on. I'll only add one small thing here, because I think you guys have covered everything to answer that, that question, especially for people who are new with this. Um, but one strategy that I do early in the season, I'm not patient enough for price rise, um, because I want points right away. So something that I do, because I know it's important, is I try to make my bench players my price rise players. Like I focus mm-hmm. all, my every all three of my bench players. Maybe not my keeper because that's kind of you know. Um, I try to make someone who I think will go up in price, whether it's those cheap finds um, or someone that you know takes kick, you know free kicks or something, but is it the highest paid midfielder? Um, and then if they hit, great, and they'll sub in. And if they don't, it also doesn't because they should go up does that do you know what i mean like um that's just i don't do that the whole season i just do it in the beginning until i get enough money and kind of catch up to um what the big players are rising to so if you're new to price rise and you're not sure how to play it um that's something that helps me i'm not new to it but i'm not patient so that's what helps me me yeah i had that question as well last week Uh, do bench players count absolutely they do Uh, I'll just wrap this up real quick. You guys have touched on a lot of the top ones. Uh, I also like uh, Lille and and Heal and Reynoso, uh, top three guys right there. Uh, What I did for this one is I looked at the players who were creating key passes and were creating crosses. Those are two of the bread and butter stats for 
uh, midfielders. This will become a better stat as we have some more data, but based on last week, I mean, Leal was putting those up. Heal was putting those up. I brought him in actually as an away player into my team last week. K was putting those up. They're a little bit cheaper of a guy, 7.5. You could look at potentially in in your team. Uh, he, he didn't get some big points, but he was putting up the bonus point generating stats that could result in points. So K, I think, is a, is a viable option. Um, and a guy who is in my team right now, but is definitely on my list of, okay, I need to think this one through, is Acosta. Acosta put up those numbers from stats that you want to see got a goal as well new york city fc gave up two points to dc united last week and i'm not a hundred percent sold on dc united and so if there is a weakness there to allow for bonus point generation maybe a goal potentially acosta could do something I may pull back. This is probably this is the the player that's taking up nine point four million of my of my money that is on the chopping block of potentially getting downgraded, maybe to a Colorado guy that we'll talk about in a second, uh, and would then give me some more budget that I might be able to bring in someone like a Tanner Holm. Um, but that's um, that's just where I'm looking. At. I was looking in chat real quick. Uh, Andrew Crawlard. Uh, we're going to mention a lot. Andrew is one of the the OG uh, of fantasy. Uh, bloggers and stats guys uh, he he had a blog when i started already doing a lot of the stats uh, he was just saying that key passes and crosses are very 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 highly correlated to set piece takers as well that that is whenever we get that article up that'll be also very helpful uh, because those guys have just more more chances as well uh, but yeah i think we covered a lot of good players there let's move on to forwards blaine yeah i touched on it so we'll just continue that value conversation a little bit with the obvious i'm not taking vela this week we're gonna start with it i don't care how good the matchup is any anybody who's 10 10 or higher and has a one point week in their re recent average is a value risk and i'm already down on value a little bit this season so i'm going to avoid it that rolling average is gonna hurt i don't care how good the matchup is I don't know that it's as good of a matchup as we think. And I know I talked about this game potentially being full of fireworks. Seattle's defense is a wild card. I'm not doing it. I don't know about the other people. You can chat. Tell us if you're taking Vela or not, if you're going to risk it. I'm not. Absolutely no way. Um, so with that said, I do think this is a good week to go heavy on forwards. I've got Gustavo Bow and Barrich from Chicago in my lineup. Both of them have a solid average. I think they've got good matchups. Uh, DC's defense doesn't do it for me, so I'm going bow into DC. And Atlanta's one of those wildcard teams. They're going to be at home, but it's not going to be the full house. Uh, Barrich has played well. Chicago is looking pretty good. I think Chicago's for real this year. I know we talked about them in the preseason. I think they could step up a little bit. And Barrich just looks like one of those guys that you expect to finding goals every week he's got it and he's got the support around him more than he's had in the past so i'm going with both of those guys and they have price rise potential because they have a good solid average compared to their price and then i've got cadiz on the bench um i don't know that montreal is that good um, toronto without anybody put two goals on them i just don't trust that defense and i like the way nashville's playing I'll ride Cadiz with an eight average. 
into that game and go with go with him on the bench and i'm gonna go three heavy on forward and so that's where a ton of my money is right now this year or this week nice nice uh ashley are you also going against the acv always captain villa rule i'm not captaining him we'll okay well yeah we'll get to that that was I have him in my team right now, but I'm hesitant for the exact same reasons that Blaine is talking about. I also obviously watch this matchup start to finish every year. Um, I've been to a couple, and statistically speaking, and I hesitate to even say it as a Sounders fan because he'll prove me wrong, Bella doesn't produce statistically against the Sounders the same way he produces against some other Western Conference teams. Maybe some of that is we play them so often. You know, he was out most of last season, so he didn't get to put up some of the same numbers. So, again, he's probably going to make me eat this. Um, but Seattle in L.A. is not a team where I think immediately Bella is going to just destroy, like I do with some of the other Western Conference teams. So I have him, um, but because of the, the price drop and the, and the you know points, I also want to make sure he is actually not injured. Um, it sounded like he really wasn't. <laughs> so... Um, but I mean, if I have a, a backup option to do if he isn't starting, um, or if I kind of just decide it's not worth the money, but I'm also looking at Gustavo Bo. Um, I like both him and Heal this week. And then I said it earlier, but um, I'm, I'm giving Chicharito a shot. I gave Ben such a hard time when he picked both Higuain and Chicharito. And then during that entire game, I was like, he was right. Um, so I don't love Higuain this week, but. Chicharito at home, Galaxy at home. Um, the transition that was made both in soccer and then reflected in fantasy when they made that formation change the second half. Uh, he just seems hungry, and I like that in a striker. And then my bench striker, if I don't do Villa, is I'm looking at, at Reed's Dancing Bear. Um, he's still cheap. He's getting, like, like Reed said, he's getting those key passes. Um, he's all over the place for the Sounders. It sounds like he's going to keep starting. A lot of people thought it would be Montero, um, just based on comments people have made of him in training. But it looks like it's it's probably going to be Bill Bruin most of the time with Rui Diaz. Um, no, I don't have the money to go Rui, and I honestly probably wouldn't even if I did. Um, so I'm looking at, at Bill Bruin to be my third bench keeper if I don't go Bella, which I probably will. Very nice. I like I like this conversation. Uh, I will join the train of people who are unsure about Carlos Vela. Not necessarily because I don't think he could score against Seattle. I mean, I think he's I think he's pissed. I think he's pissed about what happened last week. I'm not I'm not sold on the fact that he actually signaled for a sub because I know the one of the videos I watched they they think he was signaling just for the trainer and it was misunderstood. Uh, but I think he's pissed and that that's going to play into it. I was impressed by Seattle. That's that's really my hesitation for LAFC is is I was impressed by Seattle and and they I have more faith in some of those defensive components than I did at, in round 1 and and more than I have in Austin right now frankly. I mean Austin did a fantastic job. Don't get me wrong, I just have some more faith in this and so I'm not sure if this is going to be the best place to drop that cash i like chicharito uh, i agree i don't know if he'll get a brace again but i i like that matchup against red bull i think that could be good for 8.5 i think he's a steal right now that, that that's a good a good match i like castellanos we already mentioned that before with cincinnati gave up 31 goals uh, he got 
I, I didn't look up to see how many goals he got last week. I apologize, but um, he, he takes shots, and I think Cincinnati is going to give them up uh, for another keeper or another another forward. Where's my mind? Uh, I I like Bo. I I think Bo is a, a good shot this week against DC. Not was not super not super sold on DC. Love heel, love Bo, and that chemistry they have together. Um, I think there are a lot of good of good options there. I, I've seen some other names thrown around in chat, uh, and I think you guys have have some good ideas. There's lots of options, Shabilko and things like that as well. These are the three that I'm really looking at right now, uh, just for some of, of the stat generation potential that they could have. Bo is also not all selfish, so he's a guy who can generate some additional bonus points off passing. Uh, so I don't think you're going to get that from Chicharito or Castellanos, though. So, but but Bo, you could also get some bonus points for. So, I uh, like those guys. They're all under 10 million, uh, which is which is good, and you could have some some more value from there as well. All right, let's move on to a new section last year and a favorite section: switcheroo options. So, one or two, if you guys have any right now, Ashley, who are you looking at? Uh, I like Tristan Blackman if he's going to start again. I, I try not to tinker. That's what my friends and I always call it is tinkering when you see a lineup. Um, but when I saw him in that lineup, I put him in mine on the bench right away. Um, I he, he does well against Seattle on that wing. Um, he's still cheap, so he's a switcheroo option for me. And then I'm also still looking at those three wingbacks for Seattle, um, not necessarily for shutout potential. Um, but Alex Roldan, Nuhu, and Brad Smith, kind of just pick your liking there. Um, Brad Smith's the cheapest one, um, but I, I kind of just like them as some bench, cheaper bench options. And like I said, not, not necessarily for shutout potential, but just for um, price rise and then point contribution from offensive bonus points. So, yeah. Blaine? Yeah, um, I mean, I had two of them in my thing. Uh, Buchanan and Pasher, two of those cheap guys that i've got slotted in the bench i think you could also go caden clark he's only what five million now and scored a goal nine at nine points so far um la's defense is hit or miss i think they're getting better i think they've added some pieces but again it's five million to throw on your bench and he scores galazos like crazy right now so why not um depending on where seattle's at atencio is another one that's a good bench option uh, six six points four point four. If he if he plays, I mean it's just it's hard. You're you're looking at it. I just sort honestly. I sort my game by five million and under, and I go look at who's got a good average, and then I go well they're worth taking a flyer on, and you just you kind of see this early in the season you've got a lot of interesting options. Um, another guy that should get some love right now is Dahomey for uh, Vancouver. Didn't have the greatest first game, but he's playing as a paired striker with Cavallini. Um, and that could be very, very good for his production out of position. Lots of shots, he, better place to get assists, and he plays really well. Like, as a second striker, for the even if he's a little more expensive for the price, he's worth it getting an out of position forward. We watched that game, and I was shocked that his fantasy points were what they were. I thought I just thought he would have got more points than he did. He looks really good watching yeah. If, if that ever translates into fantasy points, he's going to be a monster. <laughs> yeah, as for me, I mean, if you're looking for general targets, of course, you could look at the Sporting Kansas City-Orlando game. Maybe you can squeeze in a... For sure, you should have a Pulse Camp as your keeper. You could probably squeeze in 
uh, maybe a, a cheap defender from Sporting Kansas City. We've mentioned some people. A lot of the defenders I mentioned are 5.0s. They they could be viable switcheroos. Uh, we mentioned some some other cheap guys at the beginning of the show. If you want to roll back there, uh, but a lot of these early games, uh, anything. Um, New York City, Cincinnati, Nashville, Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver, and San Jose versus Dallas. Any of those games are going to be ideal switcheroo targets because you're going to have two and a half hours between before the LA game. So plenty of time to see a game, plenty of time to react to that. So there, a lot of ideal options could be found from there. Some specific names. Mention Colorado. Uh, they've got a lot of good potential there. They've got uh, cheap defenders in the back if you wanted to go with someone like Wilson they've got some experienced guys like uh, Abu Bakar if you want some more power there in the midfield they they have Acosta 6.3 very cheap it's been inconsistent uh, a little bit there though got six points last week uh, but uh, they also have Price who like I struggle to call him sometimes I want to call him a defensive midfielder sometimes I guess he's kind of a box-to-box type type guy he's he but he seems to have a consistency with points. Yes, I will definitely give somebody that. Uh, it oftentimes seems to be be front-loaded at the beginning of the season. Sometimes it trickles off near the end. Uh, but he's also a fairly cheap guy you could look at if you're looking for uh, a switcheroo. They're going up against Atlanta this week, who were not bad against LAFC. This would be, I think this is a good game if you just want to watch it to, to really get a good feel, a pulse on, on what it, on Atlanta. I'm going to do that all year, guys. I'm sorry. I see this AT and I think Atlanta and it's and there's an X in it and it's Texas. So with, with Austin, I think this is a good pulse for Austin. Atlanta's also good. That's okay. Um, Cowell with the, the San Jose, he's like a 4.5 forward, 4.0 forward who started last week. I mean, throw him on your bench if you're if you're feeling just crazy with that and you never know what could happen um and then here's here's one that i don't know there's just something about it that well, i know exactly what it is sasha question came on late in the game and got a goal he's 5.3 going hosting red bull in la we know the history there's just something about me that's like man if he started that game that would that would be interesting. I don't I don't have confidence he'd finish that game, uh, no. but but I don't know. Sasha Kleshin is someone that if you are just interested in something strange and bizarre, uh, it is the last game of the week. So definitely have something else going on uh, if, if you're going to go with this. But I don't know. I just want to throw the name out there, Sasha Kleshin. Yeah. All right. Five years ago, five years ago if you had told us Kleshin was five point three, we would have all lost our minds. <laughs> interesting since you all did not pick Vela I know Ashley you're on the fence and you already said he's not your captain I'm really interested in your captains this week chat uh, let me know there give a plug right now thank you everyone who's listening to the show uh, if you want to help us out go ahead and give the show a like you can follow the channel uh, we're trying to get a few more videos out this this season but go ahead and give us a like it helps us with the metrics it helps get the show out there please do share it i mean i know that you may want to hold this information tight and close to your heart so that you can do well uh, but the fantasy community prospers when we share this information so please do send that out there captain blaine see i i really want to captain a forward but i am actively trying to change my habits this year and change my my thought patterns because i'm always a captain a forward type of thing in draft league i'm always play my forwards and I really, really want to put the captain's armband on a forward this week. But I'm going with Carlos Heel. Don't let me change it. I'm going with the midfielder for the point production. 
I'm curious what Ashley's going to say, but I like Heal over the other midfielders this week. I think this is a better matchup. Um, I don't know why. I'm just, my gut's telling me go with this. I'm going to put it up to Lily. I didn't do that last week because of always Captain Bella. I will get a Lily's Captain pick out this week. I think I'm staying on Heal because I'm t- trusting my gut, but I will tell you what Lily thinks because she's a better Captain pick than I am. <laughs> but I, I just, I really do feel like like, I want to put it on a forward, but I know it's not the smart play, so I've got to go with my best midfielder, and I think he's the best midfielder this week. Ashley? I am wavering, so don't hold me to either of them, but I'm wavering between uh, Heal and Renoso. Um, again, I watched Montreal in person, and I was like, who is this, and what did they do with... Or, sorry, not Montreal, Minnesota. Um, but I just I, I like him. I like that game at home. Um, you know, I I talked a lot with other people about what the home stand is doing with everyone having fans back now and stuff. And um, I just loved his point production in week one in a really crappy game. Uh, and so I think he has some big potential to do well at home. But I, I agree with you, Blaine. I, I'm not pulled to any forwards particularly this week anyways. Um, so I'm going back and forth um, in my mind and on my team between Heal and Renoso. Yeah, I'm with you all. Uh, Heal is my top choice. Uh, contrary to what Blaine said, my go-to is usually a midfielder uh, for forward. I did do Vela in week one, but I love midfielders for their bonus point potential, which is much better than than a forward. They just have more options. Uh, they're more versatile fantasy player. Uh, I think Reynoso is an excellent number two captain. Uh, there's still a question mark over RSL, which is the only hesitation I have, is they could come out and, and do something. They could come out and be a Montreal for all that we know for this first round. Um, we have that information about Reynoso that makes him a great option, I feel. Uh, but there is some of that question. That's my pause for making him my number one pick is I, is I don't know RSL yet. Uh, for number three, I think, it, I think it just branches out for number three. I could easily see people have, have talked about Montiero in, in chat. I, I, I get that. I think that could work. Um, Bo is another one that would probably be my likely number three just because I like that DC or that New England DC match and his connection with heel. They, they have a good a good chemistry, so I could see him getting a lot of points. But sometimes they do split, uh, so it's not always Bo, Bo, Bo. Um, I, Castellanos could even be a good option this week depending on what happens at Cincinnati. I think, I think some of those are, are there. Um, I would never captain a defender, so that means probably Tinnerholm will, will go crazy. I'm Captain. Uh, there you go, Josh. My number one Captain pick is is also Heal, just just like uh, Blaine and Ashley. I think I think Heal will probably be one of the top captains this round. See, Reed, if what's funny top. is chat's all over Reynoso. Reynoso's winning like two to one first Heal right now, which which is interesting to me, and that's why I started off with mine. It's like I'm my gut says Heal over Reynoso. Both your gut, Blaine. Yeah, I no, I'm going to on that. But it's just I was expecting more Reynosos from the team because that's where chat's going. I'm with you, Reed. I RSL's kind of a wild card and I want to read off these top three names. They have Herrera, they have Gladden, they have Marcelo Silva as their top three defenders. Like those are guys we have relied on for fantasy over the last few years. When they have a good matchup, those are guys that get points. Now, I know Marcelo Silva is a red card waiting to happen at times. I know he gets a little card happy, but Glad is a guy we have relied on. 
Herrera has been a rock and steady production. And his average always stays up there. These are guys that I trust. Now, I don't trust the RSL attack for anything. And I know it's a new keeper back there with either McMath or Ochoa. I don't know who. I'm hoping it's McMath. But it's just, I, 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 as much as I like to bag on RSL at times, I just, this defensive core is one that I have seen for multiple seasons. And they always get results. They always do decent. They may not be the best, but you get them in the right weeks and they give you good points. And they always keep an average that's up. I don't know what that means for Minnesota. And it's really hard. Like, Minnesota could just absolutely shell them. And I, and I wouldn't be surprised at all with the names they have. But if this ends up being a 1-1 game, a 1-0 game with Minnesota winning, like, do you want Reynoso in a 1-0 game? Or do you want Heal playing D.C.? Like, that's my, that's my thing is I don't know which RSL we're going to see. And I like this RSL defense a little bit, but there's no way I'm picking RSL over uh, Minnesota. On the road at Minnesota, no way. But I, if in a different week I would be talking up this RSL team, and we haven't seen them all year, so I think they need a little bit of credit. Don't pick anybody in the attack going for RSL. Don't pick anybody RSL this week. But in those other weeks you may be looking at RSL defense because this is a solid unit. And I've had my Jason Wiskovich rant for the day. There you go. I feel we don't have our own producer Anders, but I feel somewhere producer Anders is in his bed thinking a podcast is going along and needs to wrap up. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining us tonight. We're going to hit to our, our plugs. Uh, Blaine, what do you got? Um, I just want to give a huge shout-out to Jimmy Conrad. Uh, he joined our host Invitational League this year. So if you are in our host league and you didn't catch it, Jimmy Conrad is playing with us. And Jimmy and I have had a, a small dialogue going. I won't say Jimmy and I are friends or anything, but I won one of his raffles um, last year, 2019 at Christmas time for his clothing line. So I've got his warm ballers hoodie. I told him I'd show it on the show. He joined our league to play with us and he's doing his own league. And that's how I kind of got this conversation going. So Huge shout-out to Jimmy coming in, deciding to play with us. It's a lot of fun. I know we've got a lot of Patreons and a lot of Discord people in our league this year. So you get a chance to compete with Jimmy. I think he had Ladero in his first lineup, so I don't know how closely he's paying attention to things. But, uh, yeah, huge shout-out to Jimmy just for doing that and being willing, being willing to be part of the community because that's what this is all about, and it's fun to have former players out there with us. Ashley. Switch the pitch. Check us out, putting out articles now that the games are happening and um, just getting some good coverage on, on the teams you know and love or don't know enough about and would like to. All right, and of course, uh, for me, as usual, MLSFantasyBoss.com. You can check out the articles that we have posted up there. You can also join our Discord at MLSFantasyBoss.com slash Discord. That's new and a lot easier than what I used to tell you to do. Uh, if you like what we do and would like to help support us to continue to do this, you can also join our Patreon community at MLS, sorry, at patreon.com slash MLSFI. Um, it's it's too late to maybe get you into some of the leagues since they've already started. Maybe in the open league I can. The head-to-head -head is locked, uh, but you can still join to support us. Uh, and for everything that you put into it, we do give back. We're going to have some good swag this year. I'm working on getting the... Um, the mock-ups of the swag that we will have so i can send that out we'll get the sticker again uh, and it's just a fantastic community with people and the discord community is equally good we brought some of those guys into guys and gals into our 
um, Invitational League this year because of all the hard work that goes over there. Um, Christian Ward, Older Goaler, those guys really take the lead there. All the guys on the mod team. We've had to expand. We have over 600 members now in our Discord, so it's at least doubled from last season. It's a, it's a fantastic community. Uh, and I'm also going to give a shout-out to... Uh, James Ballow, who is our primary contact at MLS now and has been very involved with this community uh, and also very responsive to this community and for everything that they're doing. Don't forget to play his Predict 6 game because it's also also fun and there could be a winner this year. Uh, that's all that I have. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us tonight. Again, please uh, like, share, follow the show. Uh, it helps us out. And uh, just stay tuned to all the things that we have coming out from MLS Fantasy Boss on Reddit, Discord, everything there. So thank you so much, and good night. And good luck. Oh, I messed it up. Good luck! <laughs>